You are listening to The North Podcast, a ministry of Mount Perrin North in Marietta, Georgia. Good morning, folks. How are you today? It is good to see you here. Glad you're here. But man, aren't you glad that the Lord's in this place today? Aren't you just excited that God is here? And I am so excited because here's what I believe. Um, I believe God's given me a word today. And I believe that his spirit is in this place very, very real and thick right now. And I am going to share his word. I'm going to get out of his way. And I believe God's going to do some stuff in your life this morning. I believe that. I believe God is going to have some mountain-moving experience for some of you in this place this morning. So I'd like you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. You can also follow along in Mark chapter 9. I'm going to be in Mark 11 to start with this morning. These are two, two identical stories. They're just being retold by Matthew and Mark. Uh, they're telling, uh, and it gives a little bit fuller and a little bit different explanation in both of these. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of faith and fasting. We are a week into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want to talk to you about why we do what we do and what power is contained in that. In Matthew chapter 17, it says, Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And then in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 and 23, it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you really must believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Let's pray. Lord, over the next few moments, speak to us through your word. I pray, Lord, as your word goes forth, that we allow your word to search our hearts and our minds, reveal anything that needs to be corrected, restore anything that, needs, that is broken. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you heal those things and move those things that need to be moved. Anoint the word as it goes forth and on our ears to hear and our hearts to receive it so that you may accomplish your perfect will and we'll be careful to give you the praise for it in Christ's holy name. Amen and amen. Can you imagine the scene? The scene is Jesus is coming down from a very pivotal moment in his ministry. It's the Mount of Transfiguration where he is literally glorified in front of several of his, three of his disciples. There's a man at the foot of the mountain. A man who is a father, a man who is desperate. A man, the Bible tells us, whose son has been sick, ill, possessed by a demon since childhood. Now, for those of you in the room that don't know, when you have a child, there's certain things you envision the moment that they're born. For those of you who have experienced this, you know, you know this. You know when that child is born, you are thinking about their future. You're thinking about their possibilities. You're thinking about the potential that lies in their life. You see the goals, the dreams, the aspirations, the good things that you want for them. And as you begin to visualize those things, you can see them in your mind almost play out. You can see them and wonder, what are they going to look like when they grow up? What are, what are they going to be like? What's their personality going to be? What's their physique going to be? What is their, what, what is their education going to be like? What school are they going to go to? Are they going to be involved in sports? Are they going to be involved in music? What would they like to do? And then you fast forward and you think, you think, as they grow to an adult, how successful will they be at what they want to do? This man visualizes his boy and thinks, as he gets older, what are the girls he's going to date? Who's the girl he's going to marry? 
More importantly to a parent, what are the grandchildren going to look like he's going to give me, right? <laughs> You're visualizing all these things. Fast forward a few years, and he realizes none of those things are going to take place in the current condition that his son is in. What he sees is a broken boy who is constantly tormented, who is sick all the time, and this man is desperate. He's taken him to doctors, specialists. He's tried every form of modern medicine. He's probably tried some of the latest treatments that are experimental treatments, holistic medications. He's probably taken him to every pastor and faith healer he can possibly find in all of Israel. Nothing has changed. And out of desperation, he hears that there is a man named Jesus in the region. And he goes there, but he cannot find him, but he finds his disciples, brings him to his disciples, brings him his son. And his disciples and the Pharisees that are there, all of them try to help this boy to no avail. When Jesus finally comes down from the mountain, what he finds is total chaos, and he finds his disciples arguing with the Pharisees on how best to heal the boy instead of actually healing the boy. They're arguing. This man is desperate. And in his moment of desperation, he meets Jesus, and it changes everything. There are three quick things I want you to see this morning. I want you to see human weakness, divine power, and faith and fasting. Very simple. Human weakness, divine power, and faith and fasting. Starting with human weakness, where the man finds himself in that moment, in Matthew chapter 17, what we find is when Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, it's this glorious scene where Jesus, the glory that he's filled with on this mountain at this moment in time, now radiates from his body and overwhelms the mountaintop. The three disciples that are with him, Simon Peter, James, and John, they see Jesus in his glorified form. They see him talking with Moses and Elijah, two men from the Old Testament that have never died, literally transliterated into heaven, transported into heaven while they were still alive. They're talking about the kingdom. They're talking about the kingdom that is going to come soon. They are filled with awe and wonder. As a matter of fact, Simon Peter says, it is good for us to be here. Let's build some shelters, let's build some houses, and let's all stay here. And a voice booms from heaven. It's the voice of the Heavenly Father that says, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. It is such a deep contrast with what is going on at the base of the mountain. Such a juxtaposition of two differing things. It's hard to even comprehend. On top of the mountain, you've got a father who is pleased with his son. At the bottom of the mountain, you have got a father who has a broken son pleading with those to help him. At the top of the mountain, you've got a son who is pleasing his father. At the bottom of the mountain, you've got a son who is depraved beyond measure and cannot help himself. At the top of the mountain, it is filled with holy awe and wonder. At the bottom of the mountain, it is filled with holy terror. And it feels like nothing is ever going to change. 
And the father facing this horrible situation in verse 14 in chapter 17, it just says this. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them, waiting for Jesus and his three disciples to come down. And a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly, and he often falls into the fire or into the water. Your translation may even say that he was an epileptic. What we, what we know is this. The Greek word for that literally is the word that we get the word lunatic from. It comes from the root word lunar which means from the moon. And the ancients in those days, what they believed was that mental health was based upon the cycle of the moon, the phases of the moon. As a matter of fact, if you slept outside when the moon was not out, you would open yourself up to demonic beings is what their belief was in that moment in time. The more we read it now in modern translations, it may say it looks like epilepsy or whatever. Here's what we do know for sure. This boy was having violent seizures, not light ones, Grand mal seizures that were literally causing him self-harm. Mark tells us that the boy is deaf and he cannot speak. This boy, undergoing horrific pain and suffering, cannot even communicate with people to tell him, tell them what he is going through at that moment in time. Luke begins to tell us that the word, when the spirit comes on, this demonic being literally mauls him and slams him to the ground. Mark uses a word that literally means it shatters him overtakes him and just shatters this boy. We're talking about a child who is so beyond help and his father who cannot do anything. A moment of desperation. And in verse 16, the father tells him that this boy has been possessed by a demon that is attacking him. And here's what he says. He says, so I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't heal him. The most interesting part about this to me is, have the disciples cast out demons before? Yes. Have they healed people before? Yes. Have they operated in kingdom authority before? Yes. As a matter of fact, Mark chapter nine in verse, I mean, chapter six in verse seven says, and Jesus called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. In verse 13 of the same chapter, it says, and they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. They had authority. They cast out demons, not one, not twice, they cast out many demons. The Bible tells us that they anointed the sick with oil and the, the sick people were made well. They operated in authority. Many people have been impacted by the power of their ministry. But they couldn't do anything about this situation. And it illustrates the necessity of these times that we go in, intentional times of prayer and fasting. Because... Sometimes what you and I normally would do and experience results is not enough to get the results that we need. When you keep trying to do the things you've always done and you experience something you've never experienced, you need a deeper sense of the presence of the Lord, the power of God in your life. That's what the purpose of prayer and fasting is, is to humble ourselves before the Lord and open ourselves up to receive more and more of Christ in us. It is a literal emptying of ourselves so that we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I mean, maybe you've seen God do amazing things in your life. Maybe I know God can use you. He can use you to pray. He can use you to pray prayer and have prayers that we pray answered. He can use you to minister to people. But there are some mountains in our lives that will not move until you pray and fast. 
Some mountains just will not. Some things will not happen in the normal ebb and flow of your spiritual life until you pray and fast. Because praying and fasting takes us to a different level, mountain-moving level that allows God to move in our lives in ways that he hasn't before because we open ourselves to the power of God by humbling and emptying ourselves. There are coming times in your life, I'm just telling you, if you're not there, you're going to get there. Where the things that you've done are not going to get you past what you faced. But there is one who can. Because in your strength, your power, your wisdom, your authority alone is not enough. But when you come to human weakness, there you find divine power. There is the opportunity to encounter divine power in your life. In verse 17 of Matthew 17, it says, And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him, bring the boy to me. Did the disciples think they could cast out the spirit? Yeah. Did they think they could heal him? Yeah, or they wouldn't have tried. Did they think they could exercise kingdom authority at that moment in time? Yes. But this is a sobering reality. Many times, God's people have what they think is faith, but it's not faith at all. Here's what I want you to hear me. This, this father is ready to give up. And Mark begins to illustrate this in Mark chapter 9. It says, so they brought him. They brought the boy. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. Notice this. He's been encountering the disciples and the Pharisees. He's been encountering these folks, and this demon will not go anywhere. When he just sees Jesus, the spirit begins to convulse in him because there's divine power in that moment. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now, If we're going to be honest, that doesn't sound like great faith, does it? I mean, this thrashing and convulsing and everyone's looking and Jesus says, how long has he been like this? And he tells Jesus, and then here's the words he says. Here's the faith that he says. He says, if you can do anything, please. Jesus responds and he says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes in verse 23. And this man responds, he says, oh, Lord, wait, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I've experienced this. It's so great. It's lasted so long. I've dealt with it. It is acute and it's chronic at the same time. There are moments that it comes in my life and it is so terrifying. There are moments that it's so strong. And then there are moments where it's just constant and it won't go away. It's acute and it's chronic. And I don't know what to do with it. And I've become jaded sometimes. I've been filled with doubt sometimes. I don't know what to do with this. Lord, I believe in you. Help, though, any areas of my life that have unbelief because they're jaded, because it's taken so long. Help those areas. This is the beauty about Jesus. You can bring him your faith. You can bring him your doubts. You can bring him your problems. He already knows about them anyway. It is important. See, this is the thing. Jesus already knows what you need before you ever ask. 
But he wants you to ask because it's important for you to ask. Because bringing it to God admits that we aren't enough, but admits he is. When you bring it to God, what you're saying is this, I can't do this, but you can. And I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where you're going to do it. But you can. And the Bible says in verse 28, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Two things. He rebukes the demon, and he heals him. He heals him physically, and he heals him spiritually. It's the power of prayer and fasting. There was one time in Mobile, Alabama, we were in a season of prayer and fasting. And across the street from the church, I was a youth pastor, the church that I worked at, there was a little gas station there. I stopped there every morning and got coffee. And uh, probably two or three times a week, there's a lady there that worked um, there, never knew her name, didn't know anything about her. It's just one of those where you buy your coffee, like, morning, morning, okay, you move on. One morning, I see her, and her disposition's just changed. I mean, it, something just doesn't look right, feel right. And so I, was, I got in line. And you ever had those moments where you just felt nudged by the Holy Spirit to do something? I did. I, I felt nudged by the Holy Spirit. I was supposed to ask her what was wrong. But I was like, I'm not asking her in front of everybody else. So I just went over to the candy bars and kind of roamed around, waiting for everybody else to clear out, right? Finally, when they cleared out, I walked up and I went to pay for my coffee, and I just went, hey, morning. Everything okay? She said, yeah, I'm fine. I went, all right. I felt nudged again. I went, okay. Everything okay? She said, everything's fine. I went, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking, you missed it, Kirk. I mean, that's not the Lord you're hearing from. And this lady thinks you're weird. So I turned, I turned to walk out. And as I start to walk out, she goes, actually, no, it's not. And she said, my father is in the hospital in Pensacola. It's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes away. She said, they don't give him long. They don't give him much hope. And she said, I keep praying and nothing's happening. And I, am, I almost said at that moment in time, okay, well, I'll pray for your dad too. But something within me stirred, and I said, can I ask you a question? What are you praying, and to whom are you praying? And she reaches for a necklace, and she kind of pulls it out, and there are crystals on the necklace. And she said, well, I'm praying, and I use these crystals, New Age. And I'm believing I can manifest this healing by my words. And I said, I just want to challenge you to do something with me. I'm going to pray for your dad. I work at that church right across the street. And I said, I believe Jesus has the power to do everything you need. And I said, I'm going to ask you over the next few days to pray. Don't pray to your crystals or new ageism. Would you just pray and ask Jesus to do what this other stuff won't do? A few days later, I come back in. Uh, uh, she's back working a few days later. I see her, and I, um, um, when I see her, I get my coffee, and I'm walking up there. The line is spilled. There's people everywhere, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to get any update today, and she looks up from there, and she goes, hey, you, and I'm like, you, she said, come here, so I walk up, and I get in line. As I'm standing in line, um, she goes, no, get out of line, and I went, what? <laughs> stand over here till everybody leaves. I was, okay, all right, fine, so I stand. I wait. 
And when everybody leaves, I walk up and she says, you will not believe what happened. She said, I have been raised in new ageism and the power of my words to manifest things. And she said, I went and I started praying and I went to my dad's bedside and I prayed in Jesus' name. And she said, and my dad is home today, healed, whole. Sometimes the power of prayer and fasting is to take care of a physical mountain that is in your way. But God is also revealing a spiritual thing that needs to change in your life. Here's what happens in prayer and fasting. You can be praying one way and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you something that you can discern that needs to be addressed in your life or in the life of someone else. And you begin to pray for that. And God not only does the physical, he does the spiritual as well. Because I'm telling you, you can get physically healed and be spiritually sick and you'll be physically sick again soon. Unless God, you allow God to do those things. And that's what prayer and fasting does. It allows us to open up to the presence of God so God can speak in us and reveal to us and help us discern the situation to even know how to pray. There are some situations, some mountains, you don't even know how to pray. But through prayer and fasting and emptying ourselves, God begins to pray in us and through us and gives us the power to pray, giving us insight and discernment. Human weakness needs divine power. The last thing I want you to see is this. Faith and fasting is where divine power meets human weakness. In verse 19, it says, Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out that demon? Have they cast him out before? Yes. Have they healed before? Yes. Have they exercised kingdom authority before? Absolutely. Jesus said in verse 20, the first part, he said, because you don't have enough faith. He sent them out two by two. They cast out demons. They healed the sick. They came back saying, even demons tremble at us. And Jesus said, don't rejoice over that. Rejoice that you're part of the kingdom, that your name is in heaven. He said, you don't have enough faith. He goes on to the second point. He says, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing will be impossible. But he goes on and says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Mark tells us in his gospel, and he told them this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. When you pray and when you fast, you become more sensitive to the presence of the Lord. And as you get closer into the presence of the Lord, he begins to infuse you with power. That's his power, not your power. Because here's where the mistake comes. Here's where people get what they think is faith mixed up with what is actually faith. In the past, you will take past experiences and you've prayed and you believe that Christ was enough and you use certain words in those prayers. Eventually, you begin to pray those things again. 
but your focus becomes on the words you say instead of to whom you pray. There's not power in your words. There's power into the one to whom you pray. You don't manifest anything. You don't encant anything by the words that you say. Simply repeating things over and over again. Jesus said, don't pray like that. Pagans pray like that. Don't babble on. Pray simple prayers like this man prayed to Jesus. Lord, my son needs deliverance. My son needs healing. If you can do anything, please do it. And he said, if you can, everything's available to those who believe. And he says, I do believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. Immediately, Jesus moves in that man's life and in his son's life. Listen, just because you prayed a certain way years ago and something happened, that's not your formula. You don't need a formula. You need a healer. You can't work your way into faith. You can build your faith through the Word of God. You can build your faith through prayer. You can build your faith through experiences. But you have to honestly come and say, I give this to you. I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm just giving it to you and saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my circumstance. I trust you with this mountain. It's that type of faith that moves God. I think one of the most powerful images is not just the contrast between what's going on on top of the mountain and at the bottom of the mountain. It's that in all his glory, even though Simon Peter says we should stay here, Jesus said, no, my glory needs to come down and meet your need. Jesus would care enough, care enough, not to just remain by himself in his glory, but to bring his glory to you. And just as Jesus came down from that mountain to the base of that mountain and changed everything, the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered in his name, there Jesus is in the midst of them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory coming to meet your need. Do you know how you move from glory to glory? You experience Christ's glory afresh and anew in every circumstance you ever face. This morning, some of you need to allow his glory to meet your need. Don't tell him what to do. Don't tell him how to do it. Just give it to him and let Christ do what only Christ can do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? The greatest glory God ever brought was Jesus to this earth for one particular reason, so that you could experience his saving grace, but also experience the reconciliation with God the Father. If you came into this place this morning and you know things weren't right between you and the Lord, I want you to just simply pray a prayer like this. Mean it with your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you. And I declare today that you are enough. 
I declare it with my heart, not just my words, but with my heart. You're enough. What you did on the cross and the sacrifice that you made for my sins is enough. I give that to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, but I also yield my life to the Lordship of Jesus. You're enough. You're all I need. I will live my life according to your word and according to your spirit. I will never be the same. I'm going to ask everyone in the room, just pray this prayer profession with you. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. One more time. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your head still bowed, eyes still closed, no one but the ministry team and me looking around. I'm not here to embarrass you or call you out. I want to pray for you this week. But if that's you, you know when you came in this place this morning, things weren't right between you and the Lord. And you've made a decision to follow him for the first time or the first time in a long time today. Just be bold enough to say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me this week. Would you just raise your hand really high and keep it up? Just for a moment. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Just keep them up just a moment. Thank you so much. Just want to pray for you this week. Yeah. All right, you can put them down. Father, we thank you for changed lives. Jesus, we thank you that your sacrifice, once again proven today, not in vain, changing hearts, changing lives. I pray now that those that have accepted your lordship feel the weight of sin lift off of their shoulders and feel joy unspeakable, fill their heart, soul, and mind. God, I thank you. New life is here. Hope is restored. I also thank you in these next few moments, Lord, as we bring our needs to you. I pray your glory comes down and meets our need and you change everything. And by faith, we give them to you today in Christ's holy name. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. We're going to worship together. Our prayer team is going to be down front. If you have a need, whether that's a physical need, a financial need, emotional relationship, whatever that need is, I'm going to invite you to bring that need to the Lord this morning. Have someone to agree with you in prayer that Christ is enough today. I believe that today. As we worship together and pray together, if you have a need, come down and let us um, just bring that to Jesus today. He is enough.
it straight to him. That is who our Father, and that is who you, my provider, that is who you, my strength, that is who you, my peace, that is who my comfort, that is who you are, and that is who, yes it is, yes you are, it's who you never changed, you've never failed to is. Even when I've changed, you stay the same. Even when I've failed you. I just want to sing that bridge again, just lifting up in faith. And if the word is true, in our weakness, he is strong, which means if we don't see or feel him working, he probably is working the hardest. And so we can say that in, in faith and in truth today, that we can stand on his road, word that if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling full of doubts, if you have something, a stumbling block, a mountain in your way, then you can know that God is setting you up for him to be strong. And so we don't sing these words just as lofty prayers, but as people of strength and truth and of the power of the Holy Spirit. So all together, this whole body, can we just sing that straight to God today? That even when I don't see it. And even when I don't see it. Come on. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never, you never stops. You never stop. You never stop working. And even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, yes. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. And even when I, and even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. When I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on, like. 
voices to sing. That is who again. You know, when you declare your faith and declare he's enough, what ought to come out of that is just pure praise. Sometimes it's for what he's done, and sometimes it's in faith for what he's going to do. I just want you to sing a song of praise and adoration to the Lord. It simply says, I exalt thee. I exalt your hands and sing, I exalt thee. You sing, sing. I with heartfelt praise, adoration, thanksgiving. We say thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for allowing your glory to come down and meet our needs. Thank you for allowing us to even stand in your presence because of what Jesus has done. Thank you, O oh Lord, that in the past, in our sin, you are a consuming fire. You would have consumed us physically. Now you consume us spiritually, O oh Lord. 
You sanctify us. You cleanse us. You exalt us. You empower us through the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in these 21 days of prayer and fasting we're in the middle of right now, do a work in us. Don't let us leave this thing the same way we came in. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would change our hearts, change our lives, change our circumstances, move these mountains so you can set us on the path that you've declared for us and destined for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord praise in this place. Come on, give him your highest praise. He's worthy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, would you celebrate with me today? Nine people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Come on. Give the Lord praise for that. Listen, if you made that decision today or in the last few weeks, you made the best decision you've ever made in your life. We would love to help you in this walk with Jesus after service, either down front, some of our grow team, or at an atrium at Connection Point. Those folks will be able to walk with you. Give us two minutes of your time. We'd love to help you in that process. Listen, if you are part of 21 Days in Prayer and Fasting, I hope you're doing well. We are a third of the way through. If you haven't joined us, jump right in. All right. There's some information online um, and also there's some um, information uh, in some brochures that tells you all about fasting. Uh, there's a teaching that's out there from a couple of Wednesday nights ago. Uh, we'd love to help you in this process. Just jump in and begin to see what God is going to do. Every single day, there's a devotional guide that we'll follow along with. And there are some videos from our staff that discuss that devotion for the day on any of our platforms, the, the app or any of our other platforms where you can view Mount Perrin North. You can see those. There's also a place that you can click for a prayer request. And our staff, our pastors are praying over your needs every single day. You can send those in and know that those are being prayed for every single day. I'm believing God is going to do a great work in us. In two weeks from today, I hope you come expecting and believing. At the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to believe that God's going to show up to do the miraculous and healing and deliverance and all the things that need to happen in our Sunday morning service in two weeks. And then that night, we're going right into revival with Dr. Mark Rutland starting that night, and it is going to be a fantastic time. I hope you are looking forward with a sense of expectancy about what God is going to do. Listen, before you leave here, every Sunday we bless you, but we bless you with a special blessing that's out of Numbers chapter 6. It said, when you speak it, the name of the Lord rests on you. And so we're just praying and believing that God's going to rest on you today as you leave this place. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. Love you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to learn more about North, be sure to check out our website at mountparanorth.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at mountparanorth.com or give us a call at 770-578-9081. And if you're in the Marietta, Georgia area, we'd love to have you join us for worship next Sunday at 945 or 1115 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.